Welcome to day nine of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of Scripture. Found ourselves right in the middle of the story of Noah, which is kind of the pinnacle of uh, of the fall, where God uh, judges all of creation. A man in his sin is alienated from God, he's alienated from each other, and he is alienated from creation. And as he suffers God's judgment, creation, you know, suffers, you know, suffers with him. But we see the redemptive power of God in providing you know, a new start and providing a salvation uh, for a few and, and the restoration of all creation. So I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe, Matt Kresge, and Katie Kresge. As we continue in the drama of Scripture, uh, we find ourselves in Act 2, uh, creation being the first act when God provides a beautiful place for us to know, love, and serve Him. And in Act 2, we rebel against God and the impact of our sin. Uh, quickly magnifies to every aspect of of our life and the world we live in. So before we start in chapter 8, David, why don't you lift us up with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much um, for you. We thank you for, for who you are, how you have loved us and cared for us in spite of our sin and in spite of our rebellion. You are the good God who, who saved us, who has made us your own. And so, Father, we thank you for all that you've provided for us, and we ask that uh, in light of that we would marvel at, at the beauty of, of who you are. Help us to see you more clearly. Help us to worship you. Um, help us to have hearts that are renewed and, and refreshed in the good news of Jesus Christ. And so help us to behold wonderful things in your word today. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Genesis chapter 8 um, opens with the wonderful words, but God remembered Noah and all of the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the seventeenth day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the tenth month, and on the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After forty days, Noah opened a window he made in the ark and sent out a raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up on the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could not find anywhere to perch because there was water over the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and he took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. By the first day of the first month of Noah's six hundred and first year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw the surface of the ground was dry. By the twenty-seventh day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wives and his sons' wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. 
Lord smelled a pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Mm. So we move uh, to the end of 150 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find um, Noah again with many, a lot of accuracy in how he you know, portrays the days and the month and the years in which, you know, in which things uh, happen. And we find after 150 days of being kind of cooped up on a ship, oh, they God. finally open the door and uh, they come out and you see a whole uh, new phase in humanity or a fresh start in the middle of, of all of our sin. So as you read this passage, what are some of the things that stand out to you? Well, even with you know the idea of that fresh start, we kind of saw it in, at the start of Genesis and in, in the creation act was the spirit hovering over the depths. And then we saw the kind of decreation in the flood. But then as God remembers Noah, that we have the kind of similar language that and he sent a wind over the earth and the waters began to recede. So again, this kind of recreation act, um, mm-hmm. kind of Noah as this, this new Adam uh, of sorts being used again by God. So I love seeing that continuity. No, in the, the and, and there's you know, powerful symbol, symbolism in both Hebrew and Greek, both of the biblical languages, which is a, mm-hmm. in a kind of unique. Uh, but the word for, uh, the word for wind uh, can also be the word for breath and mm-hmm. can also be the word for spirit. spirit. And, and so you do have that image of, uh, of spirit and of breath and of wind. And of course, when you go to John chapter three, you, you see, you know, Jesus play on both of those in his conversation with Nicodemus. He said, "Look at the wind." So it is with the spirit. And then, of course, you come to Ezekiel thirty-seven, and the wind becomes the breath of life as well as it caused a valley of dry bones and it come back together. So it is a strong symbolism of God's, you know, God's presence and God's restorative mm-hmm. grace. In the same way his his spirit or his breath or wind was hovering over the face of the deep. His spirit, his breath, his wind is restoring mm-hmm. all of creation. So beautiful. And we get those creational commands again as well, you know, where this time it says let all the animals come out so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and multiply, increase in number. And then, you know, in this next chapter when we get to um, chapter 9, the first thing he's going to do to Noah is bless him and command him to be fruitful and, and increase and multiply. Mm-hmm. You know, the same thing that he had charged his original you know, creation with in, in the garden, he does again after this kind of recreation act. And God has not given up on his purposes yeah. for creation. His purpose is still that uh, we reflect his heart and character as creatures created in his image and that we would steward the works of his hand in partnership with him mm-hmm. uh, for his glory and for the joy of many. And, and so you see that uh, purpose coming back up, and again, you'll see it emphasized in a far greater way in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Something I noticed, even just as we just read it, <laughs> um, was the contrast between the chaos and order um, that we've already seen so far in Scripture, but that you think about it and it says um, starting in verse 18 Noah came out together with the sons and his wife and his sons wives and all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds everything that moves on land came out of the ark one kind after another so you have this picture of the animals leaving like in with order um, and there's no fighting there's no I mean 
animals, you know, trying to eat each other. There's nothing like that noted here. There's order. Not for the first five or ten minutes. Yeah, anyway. at least until wasn't... they got on land. But I just think that's a beautiful picture of the the order that um, came about after, you know, after the judgment. And this is all by the sovereign hand of God. And that's following the chaos of a flood. Um, and so I think that's a beautiful picture. And of course, I've always loved the picture when you go to the ministry of Jesus and uh, he casts uh, the demons out of the legion of demons out of the Gadarean demoniac. And the picture that you have of the demoniac after that is one who had caused you know great fear and had been hard to subdue. Uh, you have him clothed and in his right mind. Mm-hmm. Then you also have the picture of the you know prodigal son whenever he's in the far land. It says when he came to himself. And, and so this is a restoration of order. This is a you know, removal of chaos, which is the work of God both in creation and in salvation mm-hmm. as he works in our hearts and lives. That's good. And we see that kind of repeated line. We saw it in, I believe, Genesis 6, but kind of before the flood, that every inclination of the heart of man was evil always continuously. And then we, we do see the flood, and we see this kind of new Adam in Noah, but still that repeated phrase that you know, the condition of man is still the same. after the flood and so there's obviously something more that needs to happen for man to be redeemed and reconciled and and made right with god and one another the condition of man is the same we see that you know starting in uh in verse 21 and it's an inclination of the heart Mm -hmm. and uh, and jeremiah remind us it's uh, wicked beyond all of our understanding and who can understand it um, and so you know, they'll ultimately call for not just a new work in creation, but but more especially a new work in the crown of creation that is deep in the heart. And of course, that'll be the call of the Old Testament prophets and uh, circumcise your hearts. And I think just one other note that I um, made in my reading of chapter 8 is just how it begins is, but God remembered Noah. And that's a phrase that's used all throughout Scripture when God, when maybe his people have faced some sort of judgment or um, have maybe not just been walking with him and they cry out to him and it says, but God remembers them. And it's a movement of God towards his people. And I think that's a beautiful picture mm-hmm. of our God and, and his mercy and grace towards us. Yeah. yeah, I was going to add exactly what you just said. I think one of the things that is remarkable about chapter 8 is it reminds us that, that God, you know, I, I think we know God is creator, you know, has created the world and he gets to order it, but that he would con- continually take note of mm-hmm. what's happening in his world and also, you know, individuals, you know, that, that God cares not just about humanity in general, but he remembers Noah d- it, despite the fact that we know that every inclination of the human heart is so wicked. You know, but you're going to see this refrain over and over again in Scripture, where God can, continues to take note of individuals. You know, He cares not just for, you know, His purposes to be done, although He does, but He also takes note of individual people. And I, I wonder. I mean, it's easy to read this and, and not and think that just this moved quickly. But I mean, if you're Noah and your family and you're on this ark for 150 days. I, there had to have been times where you kind of asked the question, Did God, does God remember us? You know, are we are we stuck here? And, and just the humanity and the, the remembrance of God does remember. He remembers his promises. He remembers his people. And, and I don't think there's a time, you know, in any of our lives or none of us have you know, not had times where we, 
we doubted God's concern for us and we wondered, you know, whether he felt far off and if he really remembered us. And so whenever you hear this word in scripture, it's always a move toward his people and covenantal grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what he's doing. So it's not just, oh yeah, there's Noah down there. I, I almost right. forgot. Yeah. That's yeah. not what he's saying. He's remembered him in, in covenantal grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have, you know, and the prophets were, or in the Psalms rather, where God says, have I not inscribed you on my heart? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the kind of memory you know that we're, we're we're talking about that he remembers not only you know Noah but all of creation. He has a deep love for all of creation. Is working as we talk about the drama of Scripture, not just for the restoration of people for their salvation so that they can you know go to heaven when they die, but a original a restoration of his original plan for creation as a place where we can know him, be with him, and all of creation you know restored to him. Uh, you know, not only to its initial glory, but to its ultimate glory mm-hmm. uh, in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's good. We could say, just as God in this moment, as God's remembering Noah, He's remembering us. You know, that in this moment, it's it's easy to miss. You know, salvation is wrapped up in this moment and this passage mm-hmm. of Noah through the safe passage of Noah through. You know, the waters of judgment that that on the other side is that preservation. We've talked about this Genesis three fifteen that from the line of a woman a seed will come, this offspring. You know, and, and that promise is wrapped up in this passage through the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. and of course the ultimate act of God's remembering us as the cross. And uh, uh, Paul, you know, says again in, in Romans eight where we've talked about, you know, the whole hope of creation being restored uh, and being renewed. You know, if God did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things and so his memory uh, is a memory of deep love of deep grace and of deep mercy and of deep blessing uh, reminded of the words of the psalmist uh, you know as a father has compassion on his children so the lord has compassion on those who fear him he he knows our form he remembers we're but dust but what a deep love he has for the creatures of the dust mm-hmm. Father, thank you so much that you remember us. Uh, not like we do when we just occasionally call people that are distant from us to mind, but you remember us in a deep, loving, gracious way. Thank you for the provision of salvation. We thank you for the provision of good creation and all the common graces we experience in you. We thank you for the privilege of being known by you, loved by you, and in spite of how deeply you know us and all of our perfections and all of our frailties you have loved us all the way to the cross of the lord jesus christ and every gracious blessing that comes with it you're a good god and as a joy to be your children it's in your holy name we pray amen